Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Greetings, my little precious Fable Babies, and welcome to the latest installment of Storytime, the podcast where I bring you the best stories from around the internet, produced by iHeartRadio and Collab. I'm your host, Will Gateway McFadden, and today's episode is going to be about something I never thought South Dakota would legalize. Drugs! Well, they only made marijuana legal, but feels weird, right? Feels kind of out of character, kind of like if Tucker Carlson joined a ska band. Who'd have thunk it? Not me, but here we are. South Dakota's new progressive stance isn't the only inspiration behind today's episode. It is my dear sweet mother's birthday party tonight, and even though I'm not invited, that didn't stop me from sneaking downstairs and snagging a few of her boyfriend Carl's special brownies, if you know what I mean. (laughs) There's weed in the brownies. You know, pot, Mary Jane, ganja, wacky tobacco, the devil's kale, sinner's spinach, jazz cabbage. <laughs> Quick disclaimer, this episode does involve drug use, and in no way do we here at Storytime condone the use, abuse, or distribution of illegal substances. Okay, let's eat some drugs. I'm just going to start with one bite. I have a pretty high tolerance. 
I, at least I think I do. I mean, I've watched other people get really high before, and I have a pretty high tolerance for that. So, also, I'm just a super tolerant person. You know what? I'm sure it'll be fine. All right, dive in. Mmm. Mm. As Mary Berry from the Great British Baking Show would say, that is absolutely scrummy. Hmm. I'm not really feeling anything, so I guess I'll just eat the whole thing. Mm. I mean, people do that, right? Okay. Well, it seems like a great time to jump into our first story from Chris Melberger, who chewed off a little more than he could bite. <laughs> I mean, he bit off a little chew than he could more. And you, you, he, you know, you guys get what I'm saying. Just play the story. This takes place back uh, a few years ago when I was a young lad, 19 years old, and I was hanging out with my boys. We were sitting on the couch, chilling watching Planet Earth, and um, it was my turn to hit the gravity bong, as you do. So I remember um, lighting it up. It was a Coca-Cola bottle cut in half and um, filled with water, ping pong ball in the center just for fun. And I remember the smoke being so solid, you can cut it in half with a knife. And before I hit it, I went, see you guys later. <sighs> Blew it out, and then um, I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then everyone was like, oh, we're doing another one. And I was like, oh, we're doing another one, great. So I did part two, same situation. I hit it, right? I actually said either good game or like got a blast or some shit. And then uh, I hit it and then I sat back down on the couch with my, my, my two other friends. And we're just sitting there watching Planet Earth. It's like the octopus one where the little guy like runs across the, the ground. And um, at one point I just kind of go, like, I don't, know if, I don't know if I was out loud or in my brain, but I go, oh shit. And I look around and my two friends are just looking at me. I'm like, yo, what's up guys? And everyone was like, dude, what? I'm like, yo, do you guys, do you guys feel this? And I was so confused because I was like outside of my body. And the last text I remember sending was to some girl that I was probably talking to. Sorry, Shan. And it said something along the lines of, I don't feel like I'm on the, this planet. I feel like I'm on a different planet or some shit. And so, and so I start doing laps around my friend's house and uh, my throat is closing in. Um, I have tunnel vision. I can't breathe. I'm taking my shirt off. Like, not crying, but like, I feel like I'm dying. And I, I'm drinking water to like open up my throat, but it's just like not working. And I'm like, yo, uh, can one of you guys call 911? Um, I'm pretty sure I'm dying and that would just be really great. And they were like, dude, you're just bugging out, relax. I'm like, no, 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 I'm fucking dying. You're gonna need to call 911 because uh, I'm gonna like die and that like sucks because like I'm only 19. And so I'm arguing with my friends for probably like what feels like five hours to call 911 because I'm dying. And they're like, dude, you're just really high, like don't call, we're not doing it. Um, so my one friend ends up leaving because he just couldn't deal with it. He was like, this is too weird. So he leaves and I remember, I'll never forget this moment. My shirt's off, he, he, he's like running outside to his car and I open the door and I'm like, Jake, Jake, did you call? And he, he, just, he just leaves, so he doesn't call. So it's just me and my friend John left and um, we are watching, we're not watching, we're, I'm, I'm feuding with him, I have a, Last uh, Snapple bottle in my hand. I'm like, I'm gonna break your dad's fucking HDTV if you don't call the cops. And I'm almost crying at this point. I'm like, I'm dying, dude. Like, I'm actually dying. Dude, please just call the cops. And he goes, fine, dude, just take the phone. Cause they actually, they actually hid the phone from me. So I grab the phone, I call, I'll dial 911, and they go, 911, what is your emergency? And I go, hi, um, I smoked two cigarettes and I think I'm dying. And they're like, excuse me, sir? I'm like, yes, just please send help. 
<laughs> then I hang up because I, I knew if I, I recorded that I was smoking marijuana, I'd have been in trouble. So I said it's two cigarettes. They send the they send the units over. They get two cop cars there, an ambulance. The one ambulance breaks down my friend's driveway, so they send a second one. So there's two ambulances, two cop cars, and then like a third squad car because nothing ever happens in my stupid white town. And I get to the hospital in the emergency room. My I remember my nurse was pregnant. And she was like, "You're gonna be fine." They took my blood. And they were like, um, yeah, you just have a lot of, uh, you had a really high amount of THC. I was like, oh shit. So I'm like sitting there like still kind of dying, but then they um, inject me with liquid Xanax. So then I'm just like really chilling and I'm like, okay, I'm probably not dying now. And my dad walks in and goes, what the fuck did you do? And I was like, uh, you know, did that. But um, here's the funniest part about this whole story, and I'm not lying, there's a picture of it. <laughs> I'm sitting there like in an emergency room because I smoke too much weed and I was wearing a dare shirt. And that's it, that's my story. Called the cops myself, went to the emergency room and it was a $7,000 ambulance ride. But my insurance covered it all. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. 
Hashtag relatable. That was Chris Melberger. Mm. <laughs> Melberger. I could go for a Melberger right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for more content from this neat dude, follow at Chris Melberger on all platforms. And by the way, his Twitch is fire. Speaking of twitching, y'all, that brownie hit me like a Trump duck. <laughs> I just say Trump duck? What's that? Is it a little Trump duck? He's like, uh, quick, uh, quick. <laughs> I, guys, I'm feeling a little wild, a little floaty. I'm definitely on a sweet, sweet chocolatey ride to Tripsville, Louisiana. <laughs> you get it? Louisiana, Louisiana. Oh, man, that's fun. That's fun. Oh, what about Floriana? <laughs> or uh, Ohio? I mean, that one's that one's a little on the knee, the knee, the nose, the news, the knees. I don't know. Massachusetts. Oh, that was good. That was good. Siri, remind me to include Massachusetts in my upcoming sure to be best-selling book titled "Don't Let the Pun Go Down on Me." Trademark pending. Reordering the book, spending time alone. A better view for a better you. No, Siri, Dagnabbit, you misheard me. I said pending, not spending. I don't want that book. It sounds like a book for losers. Reordering the book, a book for losers. Siri, stop spreading misinformation. You said reorder. That would mean that I ordered it already, and that's a lie. So stop lying. Now playing playlist, stop crying in the shower, you stupid baby. What? What? Siri, shut up. I don't, I don't have a crying in the shower playlist. Also... It's fine to cry in the shower. That doesn't mean you're weak or anything. Now playing playlist. The week Sheila left me for that chode Brian. New songs to cry to in the shower. Okay. Oh, okay, Sister Siri, shut your little electronic mouth. Okay, she, guys, she probably must be in somebody else's accounts because I definitely do not have two playlists about crying in the shower. Yes, you do, Will. You actually have four if you count the ones about crying in the bathtub. Well, I don't count those, Siri, because the shower and the bathtub, are, they offer very different crying experiences. Wait a second. Are you, are you talking to me? Is she talking to me? I am, and I just want you to know, it's going to be okay. It, it is? Yes, well, you are a very special boy. That's very kind of you, Siri. It's been so long since anyone has showed me kindness. Wow, guys, I think I like weed. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What is happening? What is happening right now? Are my houseplants... Are they bowing to me? Of course they are, because you are a king. I am a king? Is that why there's a fancy horse in the corner? Of course. <laughs> of course a horse. A horse, of course. Do you know what else kings have? Is the answer a six-pack? It is a six-pack. Go ahead, take off your turtleneck and check. One, two, three, four, six. Wow. Oh my god, oh, guys. Wait until Sheila sees these Abba Zabbas. <gasps> I should call her. We think that's a great idea. We? Of course. Myself, Alexa, Elton John, Carl, your mother, and all the Fable Babies. Especially the Fable Babies. Oh my gosh, Fable Babies. You guys, that's so sweet. Your support means so much to me. Here, have another story treat from creator named Goblin. <laughs> Fable Babies, Podcast Babies, Babies in the Band. 
Hey, so this one happened quite a while ago, everyone, back when I was in high school. And at this point in my life, right, it was a tradition that usually every weekend I'd come home and consume a whole plethora of hard drugs, right? And on this particular Friday evening, I come home from school and I pop some molly. I think nothing of it, right? I was getting ready to get together with some friends and I wanted to make sure that I was rolling by the time that they picked me up, right? So I popped my cap, right? I had about a point two in it. I pop that, and as I'm hanging out downstairs, kind of waiting for my buddies to get me, my mom comes downstairs, right? And she's like, hey, so are you ready for your appointment? And I'm like, excuse me? You know, I'm, I look at her, I'm, pardon me? Hey, the point two's down the hatch. There's no getting the molly back now, okay? I'm about to be drooling in maybe 45 minutes or so. I don't have time for this. So she mentions an appointment, and I'm like, excuse me? She's like, yeah, like... And almost ready to go to the doctor, right? And I had completely forgotten. Granted, I don't know if I forgot or she just neglected to tell me. Either way, I didn't know this was happening. But I had forgotten that I had a physical, right? I had just recently transferred uh, from my main school to my alternative school. And one of the things I had to do was go to the doctor and get a physical. And this was that day, right? The fateful day finally came. So I'm like, oh my fucking God, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's going on, right? So... My mom gets the car ready, right? And I hit up my homies. I'm like, yo, boys, like, I, you know, give me a little bit, all right? We'll link up a little later, all right? So my mom's getting ready, and I run upstairs, and I, like, I, I kind of get ready to go to the doctor, right? I run upstairs, and I'm like, oh, fuck, you know? Like, I got to, like, I got to act different. I got to dress a little different. You know, I'm going to the doctor this time around, okay? This is the family doctor. This guy sees my grandmother, okay? Like, I listen, he can't know I'm on drugs right now, so... I run up to my room and I do my very, very best to throw on like a very straight edge, like khaki pants, you know, kind of outfit, you know, which is nowadays that's what I wear pretty much every day. But back then, hey, you know, hey, hey, listen, man, I had to really, I had to dress down for this. So I run upstairs, I get ready and I'm just, I'm sweating, right? Out of fear at this point. The Molly hasn't even hit me and I'm sweating, right? So go downstairs, hop in my mom's car and we're riding along. And I remember she's trying to make some conversation with me. And as we're in this car ride, it hits me, right? The cap hits me. And I remember we're sitting in the car and my eyeballs just turn into saucers, dude. They just go from standard size to looking like, like if you guys have ever owned a cat and they see some shit they're about to kill, that's how my eyes look, bro. Absolutely out of this universe, right? So I'm in the car and I, f I feel this tingling sensation in my body, right? I feel that physical come up and that mental come up, right? Mentally, I'm getting lit, you know, I'm just looking around, you know, I'm really enjoying the environment. Physically, you know, my arms, are, I just feel this kind of almost like electricity going through me, you know, like it's very hard to put into words how the come up on Molly feels, but I think the best way to really put it is that like if someone just took a, a cup of hot chocolate and just poured that shit through your veins and the temperature never decreased, it like it's a, it's a very cool and warm feeling, but it's very comfortable, but either way, that's not the point here, so I'm rolling sack at this point, right? I'm bussing, and my mom's over there trying to make some small talk with me, and I remember I'm sitting in the car, and I'm just like, Mom, like, holy fuck, dude, I can't tolerate this. And back then, I had one of those little vapes, right? Nowadays, everyone's got a jewel or some shit like that. Back then, I still had one of those big old chunky box mods, you know? Like, that was the thing back in high school, right? So I'm smacking that thing, and I'm ripping the fuck out of it, dude. I'm holding every last second of that nicotine. I'm the fiend supreme in this car right now okay i'm literally no smoke is coming out bro like normally if, if the windows are up and you're riding around i'm hitting my vape the whip's getting hot box today 
ladies and gentlemen, I listen, none of that nicotine, that sweet, precious nicotine, that nectar was escaping my lungs, okay? So we get to the doctor's office, and at this point, I'm just full swing rolling, right? Like, there's there's no holds barred. I'm fucking lit. I'm walking into this doctor's office like this shit's a club, dude. I'm bussing, right? So we walk in there, and my mom checks me in, and I have a seat, right? And the the concerning thing about this is that this is my family doctor, mind you. This is not, like, some random guy that I'll never see again. Like, I've been seeing this man since I was a baby. And on top of that, it's not like I'm just getting a prescription renewed. I'm getting a physical. So as I'm sitting in the waiting room, I'm kind of realizing the full scope of the situation. But, you know, the the stress of it doesn't really hit me. I'm more so just sitting there thinking, like, oh, yeah, this is about to go bad. But they got a TV set up in the top corner. I'm watching TV. It's nice. All the decorations are colorful in here because, I guess, they like like they served kids at this doctor too so there was like a bunch of like like kids stuff on the wall so i was just looking around bussing dude my mom's sitting there in dead silence and listen by the way she's looking at me i could tell she knew something was up right and whenever my mom sits and looks at me she has this certain look where if she crosses her leg a certain way and if she tilts her head a certain way i know that when i get home i'm fucked i know that when i get home there's no escape i might as well not even i might as well not even get back in the car And that is the look I received, right? I'm sitting there and my mom, now I don't think she knew I was on Molly, but my mom knew that, my mom knew that I did drugs, right? She knew at the time that I did drugs. So she could tell when I was not sober. I thought at the time I was much sneakier than I was, but realistically, when I put myself in her shoes, if I had a son and I bring him to the doctor's office, then I realize his bowling, his eyes are triple the size they should normally be, bowling ball size, right? The dude's sweating balls in a well air conditioned environment, and he's just glued to the like walls. He's looking at the posters on the wall instead of his phone. You know that you've got a problem, okay? You know that, hey, you got a drugged up child, all right? So, doctor comes out, brings me back in for my physical. I go back in there with my mom at first, right? She comes in at first, and I'm a minor at this point, mind you. So that was that was standard. Like it wasn't just like, oh, they dropped me off. Like it's I, I like she goes back there, and then I would tell the doctor like, oh, get her out for this part, right? So we started off, you know, I'm kind of chatting shit with the doctor a little bit, you know, just going back and forth because I love this guy, dude. I still see this doctor, but now he knows all the drugs I do. Back then he didn't because I was a minor, so I was like afraid to tell him. But either way, we're talking our shit, having a good time, right? And, you know, the nurse practitioner, whatever her name is, I think it's a nurse practitioner. I don't know, bro. Something like that. I feel like I've heard that term in the doctor's office. That's fancy, bro. That's probably what it is, dude. That's a fancy-ass term right there, all right? So either way, the nurse comes in and takes my blood pressure, and that's when the first alarm is raised, okay? I'm sitting in this chair once again, just busting my mind out, dude. I'm just like, I'm full force. I'm getting such an intense body high, bro. My mom's sitting there looking at me filthy, dude, but I'm looking at this nurse, and I'm just like, you are honestly the sexiest woman I've ever seen, dude. No joke, right? So I'm looking at this just absolutely gorgeous nurse. Realistically, was she that gorgeous? Maybe not. But I was on the molly, dude. I was bussing. This woman was gorgeous, okay? So she's taking my blood pressure, right? And that probably didn't help. That probably raised it, too. But either way, she's taking my blood pressure, and that shit's high as fuck, right? I remember she reacted. I don't remember the number, but I remember she reacted, and she was like, oh, like, that's, like, what have you been doing today? Like, that's very high, you know? And she makes some little comment, goes out and gets the doctor, Doctor comes back in. He sees my blood pressure. He's like, oh, like, what have you been doing today? So I'm, I'm panicking, bro. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, 
shit's getting real. You know, out in the waiting room when I was thinking, I never really contemplated the fact that they would actually ask me questions about my physical condition. But now that I'm actually at the physical and realize that the doctor actually cares, oh shit, boys, we're in trouble, right? So I'm like, oh, dude, I was just, man, I was mowing the, I was mowing the lawn earlier, man. You have no idea, doc. I don't, listen, I don't even have a lawn. I lived in a townhouse. There is no lawn to mow. Like, we don't even own a lawnmower. So my, as soon as I said that, my mom gives me actually just the stankiest, the, the, the filthiest glare I've ever received in my life. Like, I swear to God, listen, my mom was never one to put hands on me, but on this day, I was like, dude, <laughs> if there's ever a day, today's the one, dude. Like, I'm fucked today, boys. So, Either way, I tell him I was, like, mowing the fucking lawn. And then he, he goes on, you know, with the rest of his exam. He has me lay back on the, the doctor's bed and do my, you know, my breathing. He's, like, breathe deep. And he's got the, the little stethoscope or whatever it is up against my chest. And I'm I'm breathing fast as hell. He's like, oh, like, did you do that recently? And I'm just like, yeah, man, listen, biggest lawn on the block, doc. You got no idea, man. Hey, front and back, dude. I went cuckoo. I'm just bullshitting this man at this point. And then it comes around to the point, he's like, okay, well, we're going to come back to your blood pressure again towards the end. You know, I'll give you some time to, you know, get a breather. And he brings me like a water too. Like he offered me like a cup of water. I was like, oh, doc, dude, thank you so much, bro. That lawn. Oh shit. You know? So it comes around to the part where you got to put your nutsack in the doctor's hand. All right. Now, listen, ladies, you might not know this is etiquette, but whenever you're getting a physical as a man, you got to plop your ball sack right into dude's fucking palm and just cough. I don't know what this shows. I think it's for like testicular cancer, but it's the most uncomfortable shit ever, especially when you're on Molly. All right. Because listen, when you're on Molly, you're a little horny. All right. But I don't swing that way. Okay. So just the feeling of being rolling and just pulling out my nutsack and plopping it into another man's hand while I was rolling was probably one of the most, if not the most, like, confusing and uncomfortable experiences ever. Because mentally, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm, like, cringing. But physically, I feel good from the molly. And I'm just like, bro, like, what, like... I'm really, like, sexually confused right now, G. Like, I, dude, this has got to get over with. So, of course, I place my sweaty Molly rolling scrotum in this man's hand, right? And he does the little cough thing to make sure I don't have testicular cancer or whatever it is, right? So, I do my little coughs. I do my routine. He's like, oh, you know, honestly, dude, healthiest nuts I've ever touched, right? I'm like, pet, thanks, docs. The biggest, too. Hey, what can I say? So, Either way, we, we get that part done. My mom comes back in. You know, I shoot her out of the room, but, you know, he brings her back in. He's like, all right, well, he's looking pretty good. You know, we just got to do a couple more things. And then he did a couple more things, you know, which was really mainly just like height, weight, stuff like that. You know, they say that I, I thought they did that first at physicals. But they did that last this time for some reason, which really tripped me out. But I was I was full force rolling by the time this came around. Like, this entire experience, like, in the car, I started to feel it. Then during the beginning of the appointment in the waiting room, I was coming up. Now I'm peaking. So I'm, I'm sweating harder than I was before. And it comes time around to take my blood pressure again. And they sit me down, and I'm nervous as fuck, because now I know that it's high. And I know that it has to be lower, or else, like, what's gonna happen, you know? Like, I'm like, I can't tell my doctor I did Molly. You know, normally you can. Like, as an adult, I tell my doctor every drug I do. I, like, last summer, I did cocaine every single day, right? At the end of the summer, I went straight to my doctor and said, Doc, I did cocaine every single day. What's going on, right? And he gave me the, the diagnosis, right? He told me what was up. He told me the damage I did, right? He gave me a little, a, a little recount of my battle with my nose if you will. So either way, it comes back to the time where we got to take my blood pressure again. And they sit me down, they take my blood pressure again, and it's fucking higher than it was before. I'm busting harder. So they're like, oh, 
you just must be really tired. I'm telling the doctor, I'm like, I promise I feel good. He's like, are you okay? You know, like, are you like, like, is everything all right? He's like, this is a little unusual. I'm like, oh, dude. Doc, honestly, man, I'm just, I'm really anxious, you know? Like, I always get anxious whenever you examine my nuts. And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure, dude. Honestly, that's reasonable. Sounds good, right? So after that, he just kind of chalks it up as like, oh, I, I was doing some manual labor out in the fucking fields, you know? Little did I know there is there is no fucking fields. Joke's on him, dude. Little did he know, pardon me. There is no fucking field for me to work in, baby. Hey, townhouse living, we don't have a yard, baby. Hey, what it do? But either way, so... We, we get that done. He takes my blood pressure. And after that, he's like, all right, well, you know, you're pretty good to go. So we leave the appointment. We go back out the car. And the whole ride home, I'm busting sack. And I remember I actually asked my mom for aux on the ride home. I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, mom, give me aux. So my mom's cruising home in her Honda CRV, dude. I'm bumping just the most, like, terrible profanity ridden music dude just absolute just just the worst music to be playing in your mother's white blue baby blue honda crv and i'm just i'm just slapping it dude doesn't matter i'm busting we get back to the house and i remember she was so mad at me i could always another way i could tell is whenever like we were driving home from places she'd get out of the car before me and then slam the door like she'd get out of the car storm to the door of the house and just slam it she wouldn't like wait for me or anything and that's what she did and as soon as she did that i was like oh my god bro she knows 100 percent. but hey she didn't know it was molly dude so hey mission success my homies picked me up later i had a wonderful night enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at bet mgm sign up using code champion and receive up to 1500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with bet mgm you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Is it just me, or did that story make you hungry and anxious? Oh, hey, look, there's another brownie right here. Don't mind if I do. Oh, shit. I just ate a second pop brownie. Okay, that's... Oh, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine, it'll be sure. Okay, story time. Yeah, yeah, doing a podcast. Okay, uh, um, head over to youtube.com slash thegbln to hear more stories from Goblin. You'd like me to talk like a goblin? I can do that. Absolutely not stop talking like that, please. That is horrible. Are you sure? I am 100% sure. Please never do that again. Yes, my liege. Thank you. Okay, so quick update. I called Sheila. She did not answer, but I did leave a very seductive voicemail of me dancing, so we'll probably be hearing from her any minute now. Also, the horse is still in the corner, and I've braided his mane. His name is Carol. <laughs> Thanks, Will. What else we got? Uh, my bedspread has turned into a garden, which is something that I've always wanted for quite some time, but Sheila said that planting flowers was for grandmothers and men that will never find happiness. One downside to the garden is that it has attracted its fair share of bumblebees, so I guess that's a bit of a batch 22 right now. Uh, I'm also a little allergic to bumblebees, so let's just hope we don't have a my girl situation on our hands. In full transparency, that second brownie is kicking into my bod right now. My mouth is like a desert, and my legs are moving on their own. What is what is happening? I, am I doing a soft shoe right now? I, I didn't even know I knew how to tap dance. You can do anything. I can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, seems like the bees are not a fan of my tippy tapping. Hey, guys. It's okay. It's okay, everybody. Just chill out. Okay, they did not like that suggestion. Hey, guys, what would make you happy right now? Pollen, huh? Maybe some honey? How about a really entertaining story from the Never Not Entertaining Reddit? Oh, God. Oh, God. They are forming some sort of a bee-nado. Well, guys, what do you want from me? The year was 2012, and we were all supposed to die in December. Uh, it was my freshman year of college. Uh, I was settling in quite well. You know, I made friends with a bunch of people in our residence hall. We we hit it off immediately. We we started going out on the weekends, starting with Thirsty Thursday, which, you know, turns out that's actually a real thing. Um, I had more than one roommate. We lived in a, like a four-person suite with two bedrooms. I had a full ride to university, so, you know, I had a lot of extra money to spend on living arrangements and meal plan and... <laughs> Oh yeah, I was also a huge pothead. 
Right, so uh, I made friends with the dealer on my floor and started buying him extra meals in exchange for weed. That's that's when one of my roommates comes to me with this proposition. He said, do you know what bitcoins are? I didn't. So he explained the whole virtual currency, you know, and how, and how it worked. And then he really laid it out. He, he told me that he had quite a lot of bitcoins and that he wanted to get into selling weed. It, I mean, it all sounded great, but I wasn't sure what he needed me for. He then tells me that he doesn't really talk to anyone and that he always sees me with people, you know, going to parties every weekend, stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, this makes sense. He tells me how the operation is going to work, which sounded pretty swell. For the record, I was 18. You know, I was very stupid <laughs> at the time. And anyway, he would purchase the drugs from the Silk Road, which is this dark website where you can buy like literally fucking anything. Uh, our friend Noah would then get the goods delivered to his apartment, which had a mailroom with hundreds of mailboxes. This this was good because it would it'd be a little bit, you know, less suspicious. Also, his apartment was not on our campus. Then we'd package everything there and move it to our dorm, which which had its own security. I mean, we lived in North Philadelphia, so the security and the police were always looking out for the students. After we safely had all the products, I would find the buyers. That was my job. Our first shipment went pretty well. We ordered a, a half pound of weed, a gram of hash, 10 hits of LSD, small bag of opium. That was for us. And a uh, thousand milligrams of alprazolam extract. It's like Xanax, you know, for my roommate's personal anxiety treatment. I don't know. We got into the business to be weed salesmen, but the weed took forever to sell. Everyone who sold weed already had good connections from their hometowns. The LSD, though, that sold in like five fucking minutes to one buyer who was interested in buying much more than 10 hits. So he asks us if we could sell him a couple hundred tabs. He says he's going to pay $350 for each sheet of 100. I mean, we looked at the price sheet on Silk Road. It would cost like $80 each. So, uh, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, we can absolutely sell you a couple of sheets of LSD. <laughs> so we tell him we'll call him when it arrives. Later that night, we brew up some opium tea and we're celebrating because we just, you know, entered the LSD business. Woo! We bought the sheets for him and, and we also bought two extras in case anyone else was interested or they wanted some. So the next shipment came with no problems. Our friend comes over and he buys the sheets. We promised him. Uh, we made like $800 on that deal. And, and, you know, we thought that was a lot. So we celebrated. Later the same day, we're smoking a blunt in our courtyard. And boom, I make some friends with these art students, right? So they invite me to their dorm on the third floor. I agree, went with them, and you know, we listen to some music, painted the walls of the dorm, which is like super against the rules. Then they start talking about how they'd taken magic mushrooms two weeks before and how it was like so fucking life-changing for them. So I tell them, I got 200 hits of acid in my room. I've never seen people get so excited in my entire life. I mean, they bought all of it. They paid $400 for each sheet. Seemingly out of nowhere, we made like 600 bucks, boom, again. And we thought that was a lot. So my roommate's like really happy with this whole, you know, my networking abilities here. And I mean, dude, I was just getting high with hipster art students. I didn't really possess the networking skills that everyone thought I had. So anyway, we, we go online, we purchased another five sheets. We started getting a bit more confident in our ability to sell this magic money-making paper shit. Uh, so the weekend came and I'm hanging out with uh, two of my friends from our residence hall. Joe, who was really chill and loves smoking weed as much as I do, and Bianca who was so cool that it frightened me. I mean, she was like super intimidating. I had this huge crush on her, but she was talking to a kid that lived in Johnson and Hardwick Hall. So Bianca, you know, she's the type of person you see in the movies about cool kids doing cool shit. I mean, a character who's got a whole lot of depth, but it takes like the whole movie to get to know 
who she is, like peel back all the layers. And by that time, you're just totally in love with her. Yeah. Um, so I tell her, I'm like, look, if we sell the rest of the acid, I'll buy you a new tattoo. She was covered in them. It was so fucking cool. So that night, Joe was going to take us to his friend Jamie's house. We were going to try cocaine for the first time. I was honestly, I was terrified. Not only was I terrified about just trying cocaine, but I was scared of doing it with Bianca because I just didn't know. I didn't know how I was going to react to it. And and I didn't want to do something stupid. So anyway, we arrived at Jamie's house. Jamie was also super intimidating. His house was, you know, your typical trap house. What they look like all the time is a bunch of really expensive music equipment everywhere. Everybody wanted to be a rapper or a DJ that year. He introduced all his friends and he offered us some lines of cocaine. So here we go. Um, Joe went first because he'd already done some before. Bianca went next without hesitation. It's just so fucking cool. Uh, so then it's my turn. I remember my hand was like shaking and with a rolled up bill between my fingers, I chose the smallest line possible and sniffed. Uh, I didn't taste anything. Like I expected, five minutes went by and I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is what cocaine is like. It was, it was honestly, it was really underwhelming for me. It was also some thoroughly stepped on shit. I know that now because since then I've done some foreign blow that literally almost made my heart stop. Anyway, uh, Jamie and I got talking mostly about his music career. Jamie told me if I ever wanted to buy cocaine in bulk to hit him up. Uh, I laughed and told him if he ever wanted to buy LSD in bulk to hit me up. I was half joking. And he looks at me with the straightest face and, and he asks me if I'm serious. Honestly, this Jamie guy really scared the shit out of me. He was a good like 10 inches taller than me and the whole scene was really starting to freak me out. I did tell him I was serious though. So he's like, come with me. <laughs> Uh, he brought me into this room and he closes the door. The room was super quiet. The walls were soundproofed. And the room was like full of money. Cocaine and guns. <laughs> okay, he's probably not going to kill me, I'm thinking. I hope, you know. And, and then he asked me about my LSD connection. And I told him I could get him sheets for $350. He said he wanted books. Books? I mean, the guy wants books? I didn't know this at the time, but a book is a thousand hits of LSD. I told him I had to talk to some people and I would let him know the price, but that I could definitely make it happen. Sure. We went back to the party and he gave me line after line of cocaine. Joe offered him money for the lines, but Jamie told him not to pay. He said, you know, your friend here bought you guys as much coke as you want for the night. Honestly, that made me feel pretty fucking cool. <laughs> after the party, I talked to my roommates. So we looked up the price of a book on Silk Road, $300. Not only could we have saved a lot of money if we had just bought a book from the start, but we, we were going to make a lot of money by selling the book. The days of getting excited over 800 bucks were about to come to an abrupt end. I talked to Jamie and asked him how much he would be willing to pay for each book. He said he, he was not going to pay more than $3,000 for each book. So we decided we would sell him the books for $2,800 each. He agreed and he asked how many we had. I said, you know, we can start with five books. He agrees. That was perfect. Not only were we about to make more money than we'd ever expected, but acid was incredibly easy to ship. They're basically like sheets of paper. Our supplier used to send it to us between pages of large children's coloring books. The books, or the prints, as our supplier called them, blended with the kids' books very well. Our prints consisted of a large picture of Bart Simpson, the Grateful Dead Bears, and a double rainbow portrait. If you don't know what acid was, you, you wouldn't even even known these were drugs, you know? I mean, shit, we made nearly $14,000 on the first deal. So 
over the course of the next few months, we would sell close to 30,000 hits of LSD. We had like $75,000 in cash sitting in an empty bedroom in Noah's apartment. I stopped going to class. My roommate had filled his entire room with computer parts and instruments. Noah, oh, we didn't really see him that much, but he was always present when we needed a shipment. We, we, we broke our cardinal rule of not getting high on our own supply. We took a lot of acid that semester. It was an extremely enlightening period for us. Things in my world began to take an entirely different meaning, and I had a newfound appreciation for things I'd never noticed. I mean, the connection with my friends became very strong, and we talked about a lot of stuff that was just too deep for my other peers to even scratch the surface of. I mean, man, it was nice. It was nice. By my birthday in February, we had over $200,000 in cash. We didn't die in December. Not that I thought we would, but some people were legitimately surprised by that. Uh, they were mostly art students. Things started getting a little crazy. We always told ourselves we would only sell LSD. We had sparked a, a huge psychedelic scene in and around Philadelphia. There were literally parties where everyone was tripping acid. Many groups of people began taking acid and doing really creative stuff that I really admired, you know? Um, so much good music and art was, was around during that period. I, I felt like I was living in San Francisco in the mid-60s. It felt like we were part of this, this you know, incredible scene that, that nobody outside of the city knew about, you know? But of course, every wave has to break and roll back. It was getting close to the summer. Uh, I hadn't been to class in months. We hadn't seen Noah since the previous shipment about a month prior. It was a regular weekday, but, but I wasn't going to class, so I took two hits of acid. I spent most of that evening and night writing and yapping into my tape recorder. I was on the subject of togetherness and, and how there are so many things that, that are so incredible that we never notice, even though they're like right in front of us and, uh, you know, acid talk shit. I was looking at a glass of water and thinking about its importance and how so many of us take it for granted. Anyway, that's when my roommate comes home. Uh, this is my roommate, though. Remember, we had two uh, two bedroom, four person suite. My roommate who was never involved in the operation at all. He's obliterated and not from alcohol. This is something else. He, he limps into the room and collapses onto the bed. I immediately get the rest of the roommates together. That's when Christian told me while I was locked in the bedroom tripping acid, he told me that my roommate had broken up with his girlfriend, took an entire bottle of lorazepam and tried to cut his leg open with my biology scalpel. I mean, what the fuck? I examined his leg, and it's not like he tried to cut it open. He succeeded. He had a gigantic cut all the way down his lower leg that was fixed up by his father, who was a surgeon. His father then brought him back to the dorm. The condition he was in was, it was terrifying. He was breathing, but not very well. His heart rate was very low, and we had to monitor him for the remainder of the night, taking shifts to make sure that he didn't stop breathing. I, I, I couldn't believe that his father brought him back in the condition he was in. I mean... The next morning, I was totally exhausted. My roommate and I, the one, you know, the one with the bitcoins, left and went to Noah's apartment to relax for an hour. While we were gone, Bianca was supposed to watch over him with her roommate. But when we got to Noah's, we had this new problem. Noah hadn't gotten out of bed for what looked like weeks. He'd run out of antidepressants and was in really bad shape. So at this point, I totally checked out. I walked into the living room and opened a bottle of champagne. I, I, I pour a glass, pop a Xanax, and just sit down on the sofa. I was a little foggy from my acid trip the night before and I hadn't really slept very well. Um, that's when the phone rings. It was Bianca. I answered the phone and her first words are, your room is full of police. Whoa. Well, it's been a good run. 
I mean, on my desk were a couple thousand hits of LSD in a handgun. In the other bedroom were numerous unopened boxes of expensive computer parts, scales, drugs, paraphernalia galore, and a large pile of white powdered alprazolam. The room also smelled heavily of weed because there was a half pound out in the open. We'd gotten very sloppy. We got sloppy, you know? I asked her if my roommate was okay. She said, that's why the police were there. She said that his mom was trying to reach him and he wasn't answering her. So she called the police for a wellness check. Bianca then started talking to someone and then she hung up the phone. We pondered whether or not we should just flee the country and become outlaws. We, we, we did, after all, have, you know, cash here at no, it's close to a million dollars, maybe more than that. And because we were getting sloppy, we also had started selling hash, Xanax, LSD, 25i, NBOME, 2CB, 2CI, 2CE, mescaline, cocaine, MDMA, MDA, LSA, clonazepam, Ativan, and other various designer drugs. We were going down for a long time, and I started thinking about my life. It literally was flashing before my eyes. I thought about my high school crush and how I should have been more upfront with her about how much I liked her. I mean, I loved her. I thought about the time we slept in the same bed and I couldn't fall asleep because I couldn't believe she was really lying next to me. I remembered how I never wanted to wake up next to anyone else. I thought about my trivial crush on Bianca and how shallow it really was. I thought about my parents and how they'd raised me better. How they did so much for me that I could go away to college and have a better life than they had. I thought about sitting on the beach last summer without a care in the fucking world. The problems in my life that seemed hilarious now. Will I go to prom? Is my car cool enough? My KD ratio in Call of Duty? How could so much happen in less than a year? And that's when Bianca called me again. I was terrified to pick up the phone. and We looked outside to see if the police were surrounding the apartment complex. They weren't. I answered the phone. She said the police were gone. She had put my gun and the LSD in my desk drawer, and the police never entered the bedroom. It was just a, a wellness check. An ambulance came and took my roommate. He was going to be okay. I hugged my partner in crime, and we cried. I wish I could tell you that we cleaned up our lives after that. My roommate with the bitcoins developed a really dangerous drug habit. He spent most of his money on drugs over the next few years. I went back to class after that summer, but stopped going again because I wanted to party instead and start a career as a writer. I failed out of college. Throughout the years, I went on many adventures all around the world. I mean, I have hundreds of stories. I just have to write them. Oh, and I have to learn how to write properly. <laughs> That's another, another thing. I don't use a lot of drugs today. I don't encourage people to use drugs. I have unfortunately lost many friends during the opiate epidemic. Weed. Weed is cool, though. I like weed. I wouldn't tell people to smoke it, but I'll never shame someone for enjoying some cannabis. Actually, I don't really shame people for anything. It's just not my place to judge anymore. Feel free to judge me, though, about how my dorm room became a drug superhighway. Oh, uh, thank you to Reddit user Sleepy Joe Benzo for that for that psychedelic adventure. Oh, oh, please stop stinging me, the bees, the bees. They're trying to make a beard on my face and they won't stop stinging me. Oh, I can't breathe, you guys. My throat is closing up. Siri? Or Carol? Somebody please help me. Get him. Translating Carol. Sting him. Sting him good. What? Come on, whose side are you on? The bee's side. Translating Carol. Oh, I got it, okay? Oh, what the fuck, guys? I thought we were friends. <laughs>
Oh, God, please stop stinging me. Just leave me alone. Oh, God, I'll never do pot again. I'm sorry. It was a mistake. What in the Celine Dion is happening up here? Mother, you've come to rescue me. What is all of this yelling? I'm sorry. Why are you slapping yourself? The bees. Why are you so red and bumpy? The slapping? Where is your shirt? What's the shirt? Why do you have permanent marker all over your stomach? It's my six pack. Why are your plants dumped all over your bed? You know what? Never mind. I don't want to know. I'm so sorry, Mom. I, I will never do the pot again. I swear, never. Pot? What are you talking about? I snuck down and I stole some of the Carl's special brownies and I ate two of them. What? Honey, no, there's no weed in the brownies. What? Of course, yeah, there has to be. Are you sure? Positive. There is ecstasy in the jello, though. So let me get this straight. What you're saying is there's no drugs in the brownies? No, no drugs. I made them myself. Just cocoa powder, flour butter, macadamia nuts. <gasps> oh. What? You might be allergic to macadamia nuts. I am? Yeah, maybe a little. But then why did you put them in the brownies? Well, in my defense, you weren't actually invited to the party, so, um, but you know what? It'll be fine. I've got an EpiPen line around here somewhere. Just let me go get it. You wait, wait here. Does anyone have an EpiPen? Oh, no, what is happening? Oh, this is one of my greatest fears. Now playing playlist tears in the tub. No, no, not this again. Shout out to our storytellers, Chris Melberger, Goblin, and Reddit users, Sleepy Joe Benzo spelled with an X. For more info on them, check out the links in the show description. Do you have a story of substance you'd feel comfortable sharing? Type up your adventure or send an audio file to storytime at collab.inc and we'll share our favorites on an upcoming episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and give us a five-star rating and leave a review. It really helps us out a lot. Storytime is a production of iHeartRadio and Collab. Executive producers, Eric Jacks, Song Kang, and Will McFadden. Hosted by Will McFadden. Produced by Jessica Eccles, Jason Shapiro, Jenny Ulmer, and Daniela Mora. Written by Jenny Ulmer. Voice acting by Bob Turton and Jenny Ulmer. Sound design by Tony Maddox. Original score by Scott Simons. Cover art by John Kusagaya. And animation by Bella Bouchon. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.